In the glorious sunshine of June 1914, there was no thought of war, no international crisis, and no hint that the crowned heads of Europe were poised to tumble one after the other. In the glorious sunshine of June 1914, there was no thought of war, no international crisis, no hint that the crowned heads of Europe were poised to tumble one after the other. It's the first line of Forgotten Voices of the Great War, a new history of World War I in the words of the men and women who were there. And I can't say this title or book or cover made me want to read this book. Uh, it's a forgettable, overly long title. Um, and I'm not particularly keen on the cover either. But it's the first book I went to after the pandemic went down. And I looked at it a few months ago. I was interested in World War One, and I was reading some stuff and listening to some podcasts. I knew this was on the shelf. So I took a look at it, but I didn't read it. And then as soon as this shit went down, I like thought about that book and was like, that's the one I need to read right now. And I put down a couple other books. We need to talk about Kevin and The Price of Inequality, which were both sick. I was halfway through them both, and I want to pick them both up again. But my priorities seemed to shift, and this book was like, seemed relevant. Uh, before I read it, and then as I was reading it, it just seemed like more and more relevant. Uh, and I took so many lessons about life, but also how to deal with a crisis situation from li listening to the words of the people who were actually there. Uh, and this book is like a compendium of... Uh, annotated or like transcribed interviews with people who were in World War One, and it's like soldiers from both sides, or from and from every participating participating nation, and soldiers of every kind. So like sergeant general, sergeant majors, or whatever, and also privates. So the whole, and I don't even know the top. Doesn't have like the top generals, I don't think, but uh, soldiers and paramedics and uh, a schoolgirl in Sheffield and Germans, prisoners of war, Prussians, Australians, like every age, every experience, every attitude towards the war. Uh, and they're like, page long, half a page long, two page long, little segments as if the person was talking to you because they're talking to an interviewee, interviewer. And so they're like, they're just telling these stories about the war and it's set chronologically. So it goes from 1914 through to 1918. And some of the names you see over and over again and like, you see them throughout the war, and then a lot of them, they're just kind of one-offs. Uh, and it goes 
I don't know, I sort of stop reading because each section is like it's it's split into each year and then each year is split into battles or uh, spring or something like that. And then each section like that is split into further sections where it's the individual talking and it's like this is an example it's Captain Charles Carrington of the 15th Battalion Warwickshire Regiment and he's talking about trenches and then 50 pages later oh yeah there's some black and white photos too of different parts of the war so one of the subsections in uh, 1917 is called Messine and then in that Major Brian Frailing from the 171st Tunneling Company, Royal Engineers. And he give, his section is like half a page long, and it's about blowing up a German uh, trench and how they tunnel to get to them. And like, then there's another one from a German schoolgirl talking about when all the men left her village or a British woman who went and worked in a munitions depot and like how women died from mishandling the, or like if shit went wrong in the process and it exploded and it was dangerous and ill paid and they worked ridiculously long hours. And, but there was this real sense of camaraderie and like they were fighting at home while their brothers and husbands and, uncles and dads and sons were out and they were doing what they could and they and they like sang all day and their fingers were bleeding and broken and stuff like that but they were proud and to the german soldier who realized that germany had lost the war and was like what the fuck are we fighting for and to the zealous overly zealous officer who's just obviously at the beginning it was like it was a good representation of how they were like we'll be finished by the winter it'll be all over by christmas i can't wait to go off to the jolly good war and like how girls used to give men flat uh, feathers i think white feathers and if they saw you in civilian clothing in your hometown and the war had started they gave you a feather to like shame you into enlisting and there were a couple people talking about how one guy was talking about how they he was given a feather and he immediately went down and rolled because he never felt so much shame. And then another guy was like, a girl gave me a feather on a bus and I used it to clean my pipe and then gave it back to her and was like, I just came from the trenches, you idiot. Like, you ain't seen anything I've seen. And kind of got his, like, come up and against her. And soldiers coming back on leave and uh, then just accounts of the front. And Jesus, man. I mean, the trenches in 1917, and I think Passchendaele in 1917, Jesus Christ, it's like, there was one guy talking about how it was so bad, they were just like, there was no trench, they were just in shell holes, that, because uh, it was so muddy that everything had just like slumped, and they were just scooping mud out of their shell hole and like a hundred yards away there was german soldiers doing the same thing and they were just like working away and not even acknowledging each other even though they could have shot each other from that distance just like 
it was so such a just a grim existence that the war had been like put down for a second just like okay i'm gonna dig myself a, a hole to squat in and like one guy was talking about how he slid into a shell hole and he couldn't get out of it and there was a body at the bottom of it and he like the water was rising up because they it was raining for like the heaviest rains in a century happened while they were digging holes and bombing each other in the, the fields of France. And like he got to the bottom of the shell and the water was rising and he, he kept slithering back into the mud and he kept trying to climb the walls, but he couldn't get out and nobody could hear him because of the sound of all the bombs and stuff. And he realized he was going to have to spend the night in the shell hole and he had to like, jam his rifle into the side and stand against it to stop himself from sinking to the bottom of this putrid water and then like he woke up and he'd fallen asleep and he was half frozen and he tried to sing and pray and like shout so he'd stay awake throughout the night and then he was like drowning in this mud at the bottom of the pool and then finally in the morning uh he heard footsteps and he like croaked out with the last remaining th- strength of in his body and this person comes to the he just heard the footsteps approach and then somebody just say like oh my god <laughs> and then the next thing he knew he was in a hospital between crisp white sheets it's like holy fuck i mean we just the thing one of the things i learned from this book is like there's no limit to the imagination of war like people can die in and be fucked up and situations can fuck us up in like such insanely specific ways. And it's not just like you're going to get shot or die in an explosion, but like you fall head first off a plank into mud and the guys can't get you out by your pack in time and you drown. And there's some that I don't even want to repeat because they're so like gut twistingly gnarly. And then some were like so poignantly beautiful and like people talking full of pride or like companionship or just boredom sometimes, like lazy lethargy of like, and I mean, it was a huge emotional roller coaster, like each one. There's some of the heaviest shit I've read in this book and it looks like a sort of stuffy, uh, I had the impression it's like the Sunday Times bestseller, and it's got a quote by Stephen Fry, and in association with the Impor- Imperial War Museum, introduction by Sir Martin Gilbert. It's very like, uh, museum like, it seems, and then you start reading it, and it's just like, holy shit, these are just real people who went through something that. Not that I could go through, but because it's a hundred, like war is different now. It's not, I mean, they were like running at each other. They didn't even have helmets for the first year. They just fucking wore hats. It's insane. By the end, they were using like tanks and flamethrowers and gas and shit. It's crazy. The acceleration of technology. I'm talking about tanks is crazy. And like horses and stuff. It's crazy sort of juxtapositions of images of a horse with a gas mask on or something like that it's like, what the fuck is going on this is bad this is whatever we're doing here guys it's bad um but yeah uh, 
it seemed very like snooty from the cover. Not gonna lie. But then you get in there and it's like these are real people. Yeah, not going through. I wouldn't go through this if I went to war today, but like it was a it's just the it's the world. They're just experiencing the same world. It's not black and white, it's not sepia, it's not like they're on another planet or just live in the movies or in a book. It's like this was the most this and that Peter Jackson movie that was like the colorized version of World War One have been some of the best ways that I found that I understood that it was like human beings going through this. It's not a it's not a list of battles, it's not a statistics, it's not numbers, it's not like Remembrance Day as like these were hours and minutes. Like imagine standing waist deep in mud in a shell hole, pointing a rifle into barbed wire that you know dudes are going to come out of trying to kill you. And you have to stay there for six days. No, and you get to eat bully beef, which I think is like, uh, whatever the fuck that's called. That stuff in the tin. You like unscrew the tin with a key. Corned beef and crackers. If that. Sometimes they went without food and water for days on end because they couldn't get to them and there was like dead people around them because they couldn't get stretcher bears and horses and the shells had landed and turned over the mud and like, oh my God. So it was quite good for like the sort of shock value of like how hell hellish the world can be. And I think in that way, it's in definitely in the same, it's on the same branch of the reading tree as um, Ordinary Men, Rape of Nan King, some other heavy, heavy ones, Gulag Archipelago, If This Is a Man by Primo Levi. Uh, and they are all like serve as uh, very powerful reminders that there is such thing as not in peace. Like I could look out my window or find myself, wake up and find myself in a field in France just as easily as I could open my eyes and find myself in a peaceful Liverpool in 2020. But it's also, sir, it also served as like an interesting and ed- educational like uh, way that I can try and deal with the crisis of my own, a crisis of a pandemic, uh, like a global event that's wiping people out and changing the world daily. And it's super different to World War One. But it was it's super different to my life before coronavirus and I thought it might help to read this book and there was some super helpful stuff in it. Like well one thing that I found fascinating, I was reminded of an idea of uh I can't remember it now because we we talk about it so little. 
not valor or bravery, but morale. And they talk about the morale of the troops, especially at the beginning, because they were like singing and raising the morale of the little villages and then taking them all over to France where they just got owned. But um, this idea of like, and this, this book is about the, it's about Britain. It's about uh, it's, there are German and Prussian voices in there, which is super fascinating because they're just like, I mean, it's so obvious. It's just like an 18 year old dude is an 18 year old dude. doesn't matter where he's from. He's just trying to keep warm and keep his belly full and keep his buddies from dying. Um, but it come, it's like predominantly British and you get the war from the British side, really. And then the Americans at the end. Um, but it's like real people dealing with something that's way beyond their individual, like they have no choice in a lot of their matters of day to day. And I've had my choices restricted and it's not like I've been enlisted or dragged into the military kicking and screaming and I'm not, but that, like there are parallels, I think. And, uh, I found it really helpful to see how, like I was drawn to it every day. I read every day and just like, I didn't want it to end really because I was learning so much and it was exciting, like an adventure story at some points and like romance at points and poet poetry at other points where these like dudes would just wax lyrical about the view they were having across this desolate Martian terrible hellscape they were looking at and there'd be moments and then at the end it was like I felt the last one I read it and I felt this this welling up of like cathartic sort of almost like grief and loss and the last I'm not gonna no spoilers but the last one is pretty pretty poignant and pretty like felt myself welling up a little bit uh, to be honest and it's Yeah, one of the most beautiful, like, books about humans and on humanity. And the, like, it's like the, the whole scope of humanity, the good and the very bad. And, uh, there was some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff in here, but I wouldn't let that put you off reading it. You learn a lot about World War One, but you also learn a lot about, like, what it means to be human and what we can do, both extremes, and every, like, at all extremes, not just, there are just two. So, yeah, if you're at all interested in World War One or war, or uh, atrocities, or uh, I don't know, you might have to be interested in war to find this book interesting. But yeah, and if you don't want to read this, watch that Peter Jackson documentary where they like colorized World War One. It was uh, that's like the film version of this book. But yeah, it's dope and it helped me so much. So yeah, I hope you do, I hope you read it and I hope you get as much as I got from it. Stay safe. 
Hey, peace.